0: Ladies and gentlemen, fantasy football fanatics, welcome to a show that's about to change your fantasy football world forever. I'm your host, Justin Herzig, and I am thrilled to kick off the very first episode of the DraftKings Football Show. Now, I know what you're thinking, another fantasy football podcast, exactly what I always needed. Well, buckle up, because this isn't just any podcast. You see, I eat, sleep, and breathe fantasy football got six-digit DFS victories under my belt, a belt basketball championship, another 100K best ball score in DK, 50K head-to-head bets like there's no tomorrow. And you know, if I'm going to put out a podcast, you know that I'm going to bring it. Hi, right. Each week, right here on this podcast, I'll be your virtual tailgate buddy. I'm prepping you for a winning week on DraftKings like no one else can. We're talking jaw-dropping stats, contrarian sleepers, those can't-miss, must-plays. Ah, well you're there, whether you're a seasoned veteran, you're dipping your toes in the end zone, this podcast is going to be your secret weapon to having a successful NFL season on DraftKings. So let's start off, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button before you get, maybe even tell a friend if you're not concerned with them beating you. I'm Justin Herzog, and together we're going to make this a season to remember. So grab your foam finger, don your lucky jersey, let's kick off the DraftKings fantasy Football Show. Let's go. We are live. Let us whew, let us talk some fantasy football. How is everyone doing? Welcome again, as I said to the DraftKings Football Show. I'm going to be putting this out each week, and uh, I am excited to. Uh, I mean, hey, there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of information just around football, fantasy football that we need to digest. So my hopes, my goals with this pod are to provide you each week with just a uh, you know thirty to forty minutes with the information that is most relevant, that is most helpful, that is going to get you ready for the weekend. And uh, we're going to have some fun along the way, or we're going to try. So appreciate all of you for tuning in, hitting that subscribe, and uh, continue to check it out each week. So starting off, we're going to do some hot topics today. Three hot topics. we got Jonathan Taylor news. We've got, unfortunately, some wide receiver injuries. And then we've got a little Josh Jacobs tease. Did we get a little information there? I'll dive in. Let's get going. So first off, Jonathan Taylor, reports are from Adam Schefter that the Colts have given all pro running back Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade per league sources. Other teams are now weighing whether to make an offer to the Colts and what would be fair value. According to the Colts, reportedly they're asking for a first round pick or an equivalent haul. We can also expect that Jonathan Taylor is not going to want to sign unless he gets an increase in his current contract. Got to get paid, get that bag. Maybe if it's more of a competitor, he'd be willing, but, uh, this young in his career and seeing what's happening with other running backs around the league, I think his number one priority is locking in a longer term contract and making sure to get paid. Um, so when you combine Jonathan Taylor's wishes to kind of get a large contract, when you combine the Colts asking for a first round pick or an equivalent haul, um, um, I mean, and then the larger like market around running backs and what we've seen, I'm just not really bullish that there's going to be a trade coming, that a trade's going to come into play. Um, I mean, I think the only way it works is the Colts. They started off with their first round. They're willing to take maybe something like a second. I think Jonathan Taylor has to kind of give a bit of a discount for playing for a competitor. Maybe that's something that's important to him. Um, And maybe we see like a, extension for something like three years, maybe a little more money that he's getting this year, a little more upfront, maybe a little more in the guarantee standpoint. Um, there's got to be a lot of concessions for what these parties want, to. I think, to actually get this to the finish line. Who are the teams that could do it? There's a lot of speculation. We know that Miami's been in the market. They had an offer out to Dalvin. We've known that uh, Minnesota's been kicking the tires a little. Then you can get a little sexy speculation around Kansas City, Philly, I don't know. Um, Again, I think the most likely scenario is that a trade does not happen. We kind of saw this play out with Baltimore, what Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. They were like, yeah, sure, go out. See if you can find that guaranteed deal that you want. Go find that illustrative, that unicorn contract. But uh, they kind of had a feel for what the market was. Lamar was not able to find that. And Lamar came back and is now playing. And I think that's most likely what happens here with Jonathan Taylor. But, let's consider the possibility. If he was traded, how does that impact his fantasy value? For me, I believe that it doesn't matter where he would get traded to. For any of the teams that would actually entertain this and would give up the capital and would give him the contract, it's an upgrade in my book. Yes, he may overall in touches take a decrease, but high value touches, the receptions, the goal line work, That's where I think would be most valuable and on any team he'd go to would be an improvement. Because if we look at his current situation in Indianapolis, yes, he's likely to get a ton of volume, but on a very bad team with a quarterback who's actually maybe even a better goal line back than Jonathan Taylor. I mean, hey, Anthony Richardson, 6'4", 243 pounds, 4'4", 340. Like this is Derrick Henry at quarterback position. So you're actually getting competition on the goal line if you're able to actually get it to the goal line that often because we're not sure how good the Colts are going to be. And also, you look at Anthony Richardson's stats in college, he doesn't throw to his running backs. And that makes sense because when he gets in trouble, he's not going to dump off, he's just going to run. So right now, this is just not a great situation for Jonathan Taylor. I think if you are have him in your best ball portfolio, if you're having him as a keeper, you're thinking about drafting him, you're hoping that he gets traded somewhere else. And uh, the last piece of it is, is if he stays with the Colts, if he has a minor injury, does he play the whole year? Like we know he wouldn't be happy in that situation playing for the Colts. So like, it just doesn't feel like a good scenario. You are hoping that it does work out and does get traded somewhere else, but I'm not optimistic. Okay, moving on. Let's touch on some wide receiver injuries. Again, it is Tuesday, August 22nd right now. We are just getting some news reported uh, rolling out about both Jackson Smith and Jigba and Terry McLaurin, starting off with JSN. Uh, Sounds like a wrist surgery with a chance to be ready for week one. Now, obviously, anything to do with your hands, your wrist is not great for a wide receiver. He can stay in conditioning. So that's a positive. So when he is able to return, we can expect him, you know, uh, when his hands are good. It's not like he's going to come up to speed too slowly because his conditioning should still be there. However, even though I love JSN, even though first round draft pick, even though so, you know, just stand out at Ohio state, it's still a rookie, it's still a rookie playing behind Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. This is just not a great thing for him. Um, if I'm drafting now, I probably move him down the rankings a little. I definitely take Tyler Lockett ahead of him um, to at least start off right now and uh a, hey, it still become. It still has always been that JSN was a second half play. Whether it's for your redraft, it's for the playoff. Whether it's best ball for the playoffs, like it's always about that. JSN's role is going to continue to increase. Unfortunately, I think this just kind of pushes that timeline back a little. Where initially it was, hey, looking good in preseason, come out week one and kind of grind your way up the. Uh, Not depth chart. He's already starting through our receiver sets, but target share, usage, you know, getting that first read. That's what we're really hoping for from him. And uh, I think this is just going to put the timetable, the timeline is just going to be a little delayed. Terry McLaurin, preseason game, got what we, is reported as turf toe. So an MRI is being taken to establish how actual severe the injury is. The X ray was negative. So that's a positive. But turf toe can still be pretty nasty and it can linger. Um, you know, you look on Twitter, you can see some of the reports, like some of the uh, third party doctors watching the videos and trying to you know, guess what it is. They're not too optimistic, thinking this may linger into the season a bit. Terry apparently saying that on you know, McLaurin saying that, hey, he should be hopefully ready by week one. So maybe we split that difference. Um, I'm definitely, a, you know, hey, this is a, little boost for Jahan Dotson uh, just gives him more opportunity to kind of get that rapport with Sam Howell and maybe be that number one. Um, But in general, I think it's just like I'm dropping Terry a little. He's in a bit of a flat spot where he's being drafted amongst the other wide receivers. Um, And so maybe this is just like, uh, hey, let him drop a few spots. Let the market kind of play itself out. Still like him overall. I think there's also positive that we're seeing with Washington and the commanders and like Sam Howell is actually looking pretty good. Eric Bieniemy, we've been optimistic that he's able to kind of turn that offense, use what he learned and you ought to be brought to Kansas City and turn that into a kind of efficient, high-powered offense. Um, I don't want to go so far as to say like, hey, high-powered, but I'm at least optimistic that this offense will be competent and uh, combined with Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson on the ground and then in the air you still have, I mean, hey, Uh, Jahan Dotson and Terry, I I think this offense may not be bad, so I'm bullish overall, but uh, I'm kind of hitting the brakes a little because turf toes, those can be pretty nasty. All right. And the third hot topic, Josh Jacobs. What are we doing with Josh Jacobs? Uh, If we if you saw the report that came out yesterday, and I say a report, but uh, it's uh, it's one report with multiple sources. So we want to take this with a little grain of salt, And uh, but the news is that Vincent Bonsignor, I'm sorry for mispronouncing that, but from the Las Vegas Review Journal, so a local Las Vegas um, journal, reported that running back Josh Jacobs is expected to report to the Raiders before their season opener in three weeks. Multiple league sources have indicated this doesn't tell us when it's going to happen. So, even if this is accurate, it's still possible he shows up. I believe they play the Broncos week one, and maybe he's not 100% uh, for that Broncos game. Maybe he even misses it. I'm not sure. Um, there's also a chance that this is not accurate, and uh, maybe Josh Jacobs doesn't actually show up. But I think this is, without a doubt, a positive report. It's trending in the right direction. This, to me, is a bit of a whether there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if later this week or early next we do hear that josh jacobs is going to be returning um and when i think about where he's being drafted right now you're seeing his adp around that kind of 31 area which is a late third you know mid late third round i think this is an absolute screaming value if we expect him to be ready at the start of the season or even a week or two into it um i personally believe that he should be actually being drafted around that like two three turn. You know, if you're talking uh, DraftKings scoring, I would have him right above Derrick Henry. That's ADP of around 20. Um, we've seen it last year with high volume, his role in the passing game. Um, and I don't think it's going to change much with Jimmy G at the helm. So I, you'll, we'll see when we get into my kind of best ball portfolio what my ownership looks like. But he is a guy that I am very bullish on that I think is going to, um, you know, assuming he comes back, assuming he plays, Um, he's a guy that I want to be drafting and especially at the discount right now, if you're able to get someone who should be a mid late second and you're getting him mid late third, uh, that's tremendous value that we should be jumping on. Okay. That's good for the hot topics right now. Um, I kind of tease this, but, uh, this is, Hey, with the DraftKings football show, I've been doing a ton of DraftKings best ball drafts throughout the summer. Um, doing a lot of the, I think I'm about a hundred or hundred and ten into the ten dollar one. Um, going heavy into the five 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 as well, trying to do some of those single entries, three entry max. I do like um a the contest structures and the price structures for these tournaments as well as the uh variation and like the different tournaments offered. So what I'm gonna do is we'll share my screen. For those who are able to watch on YouTube, you can see for the listeners and the audio, I will definitely be describing exactly what we're showing. But uh, I'm just going to be looking right here. We've got um, my best ball exposure for by each position. Uh, These are the guys that I'm really bullish on at their price. And starting off the top is Daniel Jones. For me. Daniel Jones is one of the few quarterbacks, and I'm not sure if any quarterback that is drafted as late as he is, definitely no one after him, that has the level of upside that he does because of that rushing floor upside combination. He had 705 rushing yards last year, was within 50 yards of the elite guys, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, he did all this without virtually any pass catchers. Um, If we look like, hey, Brian Dayball comes in, we saw how well he was able to do, obviously with Josh Allen, can he, it was a question mark. Can he bring that? Can he actually be the quarterback whisperer for Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones had a great year. And this year, what do they do? They bring in Darren Waller, who's been an absolute mismatch nightmare for defenses during preseason. They bring in second round draft pick Jalen Hyatt. They also signed Paris Campbell. They've really kind of made a commitment to, you know, placing weapons around Daniel Jones and making this more of a pass, happy, faster, high paced, in the air offense. And uh, when Daniel Jones finishes as QB nine last year, and now he's being drafted around QB 15, that is someone that I really want to um, be drafting. So I've got him at 17%. Just after him, we've got Kenny Pickett at 17%. Jimmy Garoppolo at 16%. Anthony Richardson, my darling, I am all over the Anthony Richardson hype. His range of outcomes is just, it's enormous. I would not be shocked if Anthony Richardson is being drafted as a top five quarterback next year. Um, And we know he's already starting. I fully expect him to start every game. Uh, Love Mason Anthony Richardson and Lamar rounds it out top five right after him at 11%. It's a bit of a balance. So with DraftKings Best Ball, I'm often drafting three quarterbacks given the 20th round structure. Um, And it makes sense then why I've got like a, hey, a 10th round Daniel Jones, and then Kenny Pickett, Jimmy Garoppolo, very late QBs. Because uh, often grabbing them as my third. I do like the stack partners there as well. Very heavy on Devontae Adams. And uh, grabbing a decent amount of Friar Mews, as you'll see. And then some of those other pit pass catchers. So that's my quarterback exposure. Moving on over to running back. Uh, this one surprised me a little. and uh, But it's Elijah Mitchell. And it is a clear favorite Elijah Mitchell at 25% i knew i've been drafting a bunch of him but i did not expect it to be this high but i'm not really that upset because his adp has just completely just fallen like two rounds as a result of this uh injury he sustained during preseason but he's back in practice as of yesterday and i'm not not buying any reports and there's not even reports it's just in his absence the camp was you know the camp reports are or the camp like you know conversations are Is it going to, who's going to be the number two? Is it going to be Mason or is it going to be TDP? But like, it wasn't really the number two. It was just who was playing in that next backup behind McCaffrey while Elijah Mitchell was out. I think that Shanahan still likes his guys. I think Elijah Mitchell is clearly one of his guys. I think Elijah Mitchell is actually a good football player. I think Elijah Mitchell can actually catch passes in the case that McCaffrey were to go down. Uh, I think Mitchell has a standalone role with McCaffrey healthy and a highly efficient, Great, you know, in space, ground game in San Francisco. And then contingency upside, if McCaffrey were to go down, like I think Elijah Mitchell could just absolute skyrocket. Um, So it makes sense for me. You can look, you know, you can see with who I'm drafting. A lot of it is I like uh, clear roles and then substantial upside from a contingency standpoint. And so my number two is Antonio Gibson at 19%. Rashad Penny at 18%. Tank Bigsby at 17%. And Ty Chandler at 17%. Those four other guys, they um what do they, they do? Kind of they're we expect them to be in the field, we expect them to have roles, and then given an injury, given an opportunity to play themselves into the a larger role, they have a large upside. Gibson. Um, if you look at my exposure on other sites, specifically where it's half PPR, I get more Brian Robinson. But here on DraftKings, full PPR, I want Antonio Gibson. Um, I'm still probably have a decent amount of Brian Robinson. I actually draft both of them together. But here I think I'm a little leaning that Antonio Gibson because of uh, just like his role as a pass catcher. If Brian Robinson were to get hurt, he can actually be a three down back. And uh, I think he's got standalone value. We've seen it with JD McKissick in the past in that Washington offense. And uh, I don't think this is, uh, and I think Gibson is a far better, better talent. Uh, and I mentioned Penny Bigsby and Chandler rounding out the others. Penny definitely concerns me, um, and I don't love my exposure here. Like it's it's just a it's a weird situation where he could be an absolute smash and have huge games if he's the early down back and gets the goal line work. But like, there's also a non-zero chance he is cut. I don't think that happens, but like, that's one I'm probably a little more concerned with. Uh, let's go over to the wide receiver position. Wide receiver. If you are an ETR subscriber, uh, these names will not shock you. And uh, you'll see a lot more of the, I know, a lot of these names being at the more top of the draft, because I am very heavy on wide receivers on DraftKings. But starting off, we have Christian Kirk at 21%, followed by Marquise Brown at 20, Chris Godwin at 19, Jalen Waddle at 19, Devante Adams at 18. Um, when I think through this, like what Christian Kirk, we're talking like Late fourth, early fifth, Marquise Brown, we're talking sixth, seventh, right around Chris Godwin as well. And then Waddle and Adams are in that second round. Um, Heavily investing a lot of wide receiver draft capital in those first seven, eight rounds. For me with Christian Kirk, um, and this is kind of just a numbers thing when you look at from a purely uh, volume and projection standpoint, uh, he just is too much of a value. And I think people are just overreacting to the Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin Ridley has looked amazing in preseason, no question. He's got that pizzazz. He definitely has, um, you know, we see the remnants of what we saw out of him in Atlanta. Um, But I think Christian Kirk, and we saw him have success with Trevor Lawrence last year. He still has that rapport. I don't think he disappears. This, for me, is probably more of just an overall bet on the Jacksonville offense as well. And I think that, uh, hey, Christian Kirk is probably the best value of that group. I do like Zay Jones. I've got a decent amount of him as well. Calvin Ridley probably just a little too expensive to me, but uh, I should probably you know I, I don't I'm not upset when I end up with him either. Marquise Brown and Chris Godwin. Honestly, the next four guys: Marquise Brown, Chris Godwin, Jalen Wad, Devonte Adams are all leaning into uh, I'd say questionable quarterback situations where I feel that the market is overreacting and uh, adding in too much risk for Marquise Brown. This is heavily a a second half play even when Kyler was out last year with Colt McCoy Marquise Brown was still the number one clear receiver. Um, When Kyler was there, I think he was a top five receiver. So like we know Marquise Brown has the talent, the upside and the target competition is what it's rookie Michael Wilson. It is slot receiver, either Rondell Moore or Greg Dorch. So as long as we have a fairly, you know, just competent quarterback passing to him, maybe it's Kyler. Um, Hopefully, hopefully it's Kyler earlier than not, but we then look at like the Godwin. It's the same thing. Baker was just announced. People are not wanting to draft someone attached to Baker. Waddle, I think it's a, there's a little concern on Tua just from an injury, but then Waddle also the injury. And then Devontae, the only reason he's going where he is is because of the Jimmy G situation. We've seen Devonte Adams be an absolute beast with wor- far worse quarterbacks than Jimmy G. So that's where I'd say my wide receiver exposure is heavily leaning into the uh, situations that others are a bit more fearful Let's finish it out at the tight end position. For anyone who has seen my content, tweets, shows in the past, you will know that I am heavily on the late tight end strategy. And on DraftKings, I am drafting almost always three tight ends and sometimes even four. So it makes sense that the tight ends that we're going to see my most exposure to are going to be at the end of the draft. At the top, we have Hunter Henry at 24%. Hayden Hurst at 23, Dawson Knox at 18, Pat Fryermuth at 17, and Isaiah Likely at 16%. Uh, looking at the top two with Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst, I think they're fairly similar situations where we're just expecting them to be the primary tight ends that are going at ADP around 200. Uh, Hunter Henry early on in the season, offseason, there were concerns over maybe we get some Mike sicky actually taking the role, but it sounds like no, Mike sicky if he's going to play much, it's not going to be... Um, at the expense of Hunter Henry. And then we're getting that Mac Jones actually likes Hunter Henry as his favorite end zone target. Love that, continuing to scoop that. And again, it's often my third tight end, if not even fourth in this structure. Uh, Hayden Hurst playing every snap with the ones, every down player. Uh, No, has not had a breakout season in the past. and I'm not really truly expecting one here, but what I do care about is there's not that much target competition in Carolina. I would not be shocked if Hayden Hurst ends up leading the team in targets on that, um, you know, when you're comparing to DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, Adam Thielen. It's just a lot. It's a lot of question marks or a lot of kind of uh, ambiguity. Hayden Hurst is probably the the one there that I am confident truly in. Um, and then Dawson Knox. Hey, you can grab a tight end in the 17th round that's attached to Josh Allen. And uh, if you're optimistic on Dalton Kincaid, that's fine because Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox are playing different positions. They're playing a lot of this uh, 11 and a half formation that brings Dawson Knox and Dalton KK on the field together. Uh, and for me, like, Hey, just give me that late tight end that is tied to Josh Allen um, and rounding out Pat Fryermuth, Isaiah Likely, I think just Frymuth is a bit, was a bit mispriced um, for what his actual breakout potential is. And Isaiah Likely is a purely contingency play if Mark Andrews gets hurt. Not otherwise, you can get a 19th rounder that probably has top three at his position upside with one injury. Okay, that was a lot to digest, but uh, go ahead, listen to it again if you need to. Um, But those are my top five highest drafted players at each position. Um, In a future one, maybe I'll kind of focus a little more on who I am fading, who uh, is not in that exposure area. But um, I think that was a good starting point Let's have a little fun now. So we've talked a little football. We talked about what's going on from a hot topic standpoint. Um, let's go to, I'm gonna go to Rainmakers. We have a pack to open. I am pumped. I'm pumped. For those who have who did play Rainmakers last year would love, hey, leave a comment in the feed on the YouTube, on Twitter, whatever. Let me know, like, what did you like about it? What are you most interested in from a content perspective? Um I did not play much Rainmakers last year from a football standpoint, but I'm definitely getting into it this year. And so, what I'm curious is like, hey, for you all from a content perspective around uh, Rainmakers, what is most helpful for you? Is it kind of actual player takes? Is it looking at the marketplace and identifying good buys? Is it a thinking multiple weeks in advance for showdown slates or what? Let me know. And I want to customize the Rainmaker content as much as possible for you all. But for today, We've got a 2023 play action standard pack. This is $499. We've got five cards in it and uh, I'm excited. We uh, are either going to have a Royal or an Elite per our pack. Let's give it a go. Okay. We ended up with the elite. We would have loved the royal, but uh, we will take an elite. We will pull that one last. Let's start off in the bottom right, opening up a rare. It is Lamar Jackson rare. Let's go. Love getting that in there. I mean, hey, when we're talking a top, I think I got him as a number four QB from me this year. He is going to be a core. Uh, he is going to be a core part of our lineup. But uh, as a rare card, so great start there. Number seventy-four. Number two, Cam Akers. Not too bad. We're getting a solid starter, uh, you know, kind of a hey sixth round draft pick right now. And I think one of the nice things about Cam Akers is we're going to know pretty quickly and especially on a matchup dependent basis whether or not he's going to be startable. Um, I believe that Kieran Williams will have a bit more of a role than we've seen in the past. The team does like him, um, but in games that like the Rams are actually favored now. It's not going to be often. The Rams are going to be a rough team this year, but in games they're actually favorite. I think Cam Akers, we could see him with 20 plus touches, multiple touchdowns. I love that. Love that. All right. And we're opening our next rare MVS. All right. Hey, the uh, wide receiver that is most likely to be on the field for Kansas City. Do not hate it at all. We know he has upside. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe we got to consider getting a Patrick Mahomes to kind of get that stack, but even though you've got a little more uh, excitement out of guys like Skymore, Kadarius, Tony, Rasheed Rice, MVS, we know what his role is. He's going to be on the field. And uh, we saw he's got a you know anything attached, attached to Patrick Mahomes has some upside. All right, opening up the fourth rare, our fourth and final rare, Daniel Jones. Let's go. This pack looks like it was customized directly for me. Uh, you all, I just went through it. I love me some Daniel Jones. Uh, that's going to be a sneaky uh, QB play, I think, throughout the year. Oof, I'm excited. That's pretty, pretty decent pack right now. We're going to end it up with our Elite. Give us something. Justin Jefferson Elite! Holy crap, let's go! Pardon for the uh, loud and just that is just, that is just honest, legitimate excitement. Getting a Justin Jefferson Elite is just, I'm not sure we could have gotten a better card. Number one overall draft pick. Uh, for fantasy this year getting it in the elite this is fantastic once more that is justin jefferson elite with rare cards of daner jones mvs cam akers and lamar jackson what a pack we are just pumped absolute fire pack people in chat are just loving it Oof, i'm excited all right well this was awesome appreciate everyone for joining us and uh i will see you all next week as i said i'm gonna keep going we we'll, uh, We're going to talk some best ball as the season continues. We're going to keep talking, making sure we are informed on what is going on with fantasy football. What are all the football takes? And uh, we're not too far from actually starting to set our DFS lineups. As you probably saw a little teaser. I think I put a little placeholder Uh, already got my cash game. Don't worry. That is not my legit shell, but already got a placeholder out there. We are coming pretty soon to the start of the season. Appreciate everyone listening. Definitely subscribe. Um, Subscribe to the channel. It'll keep coming to you on a weekly basis. And if there is anything that you liked, disliked about this, send me a DM, hit me on Twitter, leave a comment. And uh, I am happy to kind of continue to craft this to what the people want to hear. All right. For everyone at DraftKings, appreciate the partnership for OTM. Thanks for the production and uh, for myself. I will see you all next week. Later.